This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Entrepreneur Friday, someone expanding in a Pilates business. It's actually leading to training people all around Chicagoland. There are hardship programs in credit cards. You may not even know about them. They can help you if you get in a jam. The government jobs report, as Joan mentioned, It leads today's data. We're joined by Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers. You'll find more on his blog at blueworldam.com. Matt, earlier this morning, we spoke with you, and you you said it's it's not really all that bad of a jobs report, certainly not how it's being made out to be. Uh, Help us to understand, is this good, bad? Is it maybe a little more gray? No, it is decidedly bad. It's just not quite as bad. Uh, as what we've been we've been seeing all day, and I'm kind of going to have to speak at the rate of a uh, an auctioneer here to get this <laughs> in. But uh, the headline number was 194,000, and y- you guys are well aware that I always make the point when we're trying to assess the health of the economy, it is the number of jobs in the private sector that gives us the biggest indication, the one we pay most attention to. Now, the 194,000 is a net number, which this month happened to include a reduction of 123,000 jobs in the government sector, in the public sector. The number of jobs added in the private sector was actually 317,000. So that's one of those, those small brighter spots in there. Now, add to that that during the for the prior two months, we, we always get two prior months' worth of revisions to the prior reports. They came in at 170,000 jobs more than reported over the last couple months. So that helps a little bit. Also, retail and hospitality were among the two biggest gainers. Uh, of of all of the different sectors. And that pretty much rounds out the good news. The things of concern, uh, the size of the labor force actually fell, not in the labor force, rose. The private sector gains have fallen by 500,000 jobs a month since, uh, since July. So when we couple that with we're looking at manufacturing has really reduced the number of uh, jobs that they're adding, couple that with today's wholesale trade report where the inventory sales ratio actually moved the wrong direction uh, at, at its biggest rate since you know since the worst of the pandemic, and the one that probably is the worst here 
we were expecting a 0.4% rise in wages. We actually got a 0.6% rise. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but think of it in terms of the blackjack table. Time and a half is what you're looking for because you're making more money. Well, when the businesses are getting what few people they can to come back into the workforce, they're really having to pay through the nose to get them. And that's just going to exacerbate the, uh, the inflation problem that we've been talking about now for the last several months. So all in all, there are, like I said, a couple of bright offsets in there. But overall, this is a very, very concerning report. Yeah, President, speaking about the report at the White House uh, early this afternoon, we'll tell you what he has to say. Uh, really interesting to see how wages are going to create some more pressure. Thank you. That's Matt Matigan. You'll find out more, blueworldam.com. Just ahead, we will put the local focus on the jobs report. With that jobs report for September generally being seen as a disappointment, let's see what's going on locally. Rick Cobb is here founder of the workplace consulting firm to discern rick help us to understand we've already talked national what about here in chicagoland well as we've talked before cisco one of the great things about chicago is that we are the most diverse in terms of industries of uh, of all the major cities in the u.s so that's a that's a that's a plus on the other side of that 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 sort of cuts both ways and the other side of that other edge is we also don't grow as quickly as the rest of the country because we have such a broad spectrum of industries and businesses that we support. Here in Chicago, and this was just came out yesterday, you know, Condé Nast again has chosen Chicago as the uh, the number one destination worldwide for, for tourism. Well, that smacks right into the, the problems with the restaurants, entertainment, hospitality industry. It's not because those businesses uh, don't want to hire. The challenge of hiring is is huge. You have uh, both the, the COVID variant restrictions and the inability to get to the people who you'd like to hire. Um, you know, it's always easier to cut than it is to grow. The, we have gotten back down to around 5% unemployment, but uh, finding talent, even in the, at the basic level, is, is expensive and it's hard. It takes longer. And when it comes to these restaurants, especially needing to hire people, um, we know that they can't find people, but is it that they can't find people at a price that they can afford? You know, so the restaurant is still able to make money, or even if they raise it significantly, is no one just necessarily wanting to do those jobs, or not as many people as needed? I think it's I think it's a little bit grayer than that. So I don't I think it's not accurate to say that restaurants can't make money with paying higher wages. I think that's been proven wrong. There have been plenty of businesses that actually restaurant businesses that opened during COVID that have, have been thriving. The challenge is the same thing that you run into with other industries, which is the connection between the hourly worker and the management. You know, that this, the population that you're trying to get to come to work in a restaurant now has a very different perspective on the world than somebody who's coming over as an immigrant, you know, 50, 60 years ago. They want, they want to be involved somehow just beyond getting an hourly wage. So they have more interest concerns and more interest in what they get out of it. And that's a cultural issue. It doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money or kowtow to your employees, but you do have find you do have to find ways to engage them and develop them as opposed to consider them as just a, you know, it's, it's not the new microwave that you bought. It's a person. So if you are an employer and you're seeking to attract people, I'm talking specifically here in Chicago, uh, what, what are you trying to do in order to lure that employee? I mean, is it is it just money? Is it benefits? Is it I mean, is a location with so many people wanting to just stay home and work? 
Sure. Well, the, clearly, when we're talking about restaurants, you can't stay home and work. Uh, you know, right, you're talking right, yeah. hospitality business in general. So then what it is, is about the environment that those people go into. And that starts from the top with the managers and the owners of that business all the way down through the, the, the rest of the people that work there. And so it's, it's more common now to see, particularly in the smaller restaurants, that people are working there when you ask them, why are you working? Well, I work here because my friend works here. I have other people that work here. It's the cultural environment of that that is more compelling. People will people will stay and work in environments where they enjoy it and like the camaraderie, the experience, as opposed to just making the money. If it was just money, you know, everybody would be in, I don't know, the investment trade. I don't, I don't want to pick on our industry, but, you know, that's, if it was money, it would be money. That's all anybody would be interested right, in. Right, right, yeah. Makes sense. Thanks so much. Always good insight from Rick Cobb. He's the founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A medical emergency or long-term hospital stay can be financially crippling. Could send you into a credit card crisis. Let's learn what help is available. Ted Rossman's here, industry analyst at creditcards.com. So, Ted, we're, we're talking about you have credit card debt and you can't pay it because some sort of a medical issue? That's right. These credit card hardship programs are really worth considering for anybody who runs into a tough spot. They really were front and center last spring, in the spring of 2020, when COVID erupted and there were just so many worries about, oh my gosh, people aren't going to be able to pay their bills. And you know, these really got a lot of attention. The point is, though, these are available even in more normal times for a variety of situations. Maybe it's a medical situation. Maybe it's a natural disaster. Maybe it's that you lost your job or got divorced or you're going through a rough patch financially. Really, the main message here is don't be afraid to speak up and ask for help. It's actually a good idea to call the lender we're talking about credit cards here, but I think you could also try this with a car lender, mortgage lender, student lender. Call them up and ask for a break. You know, maybe it's more time. Maybe it's a lower interest rate. Maybe it's permission to pause payments for a while. They're actually surprisingly receptive. So talk about the, the balancing act here, because you have a credit card company that doesn't just want you to, to not pay, to default on that and have to write it off. And yet, on the other hand, they're running a business, too. How, how do you know how hard you can push, especially in a hardship time? A lot of times they have these hardship programs, they're kind of a well-kept secret, really, that oftentimes you just need to call customer service and ask. I think it helps to have some sort of parameters in mind, you know, like, hey, it would really help me if you could pause my payments for three months or, you know, come in with an idea or if you could lower my interest rate from 15% to 10%, you know, make an offer and, and see what they say. We find that most of the time people can get out of things like late fees, annual fees. You can sometimes get that lowered or reduced um, just by asking. Maybe your interest rate goes down, your credit limit goes up. There's a lot of different things that you can ask for. But specifically to hardship, I think really you should focus on needing more time and perhaps getting a lower interest rate. There's no free lunch. I mean, oftentimes you will have to make these payments at some point, but Getting that breathing room can be really impactful if you're in a crisis situation. Always good advice. Ted Rossman, industry analyst at creditcards.com. Still ahead, Entrepreneur Friday. We'll meet a longtime Pilates instructor 
who is teaching and mentoring others in Chicago land. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The Labor Department's September jobs report comes in below expectations. A bill to raise the nation's debt limit is expected to clear the House early next week. Entrepreneur Friday, taking a love of mind and body wellness and sharing it with others. As more people return to the workplace, they're seeing a trend of more casual clothing. On the markets, the Dow down 46, NASDAQ down 76, and the S&P is down 11 points. Oil is up right about 1%. We have sunshine, a few clouds as we head to 74 degrees. It's already 72 degrees at O'Hare, 71 downtown. The noon business hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. U.S. employers added 194,000 jobs last month, well short of the 490,000 economists had expected. Diane Swank, chief economist at Grant Thornton, says the pandemic is still the main mover. The bottom line is this slowdown that we're seeing is a really underscores how quickly we respond to things like a surge in infections and the virus. The virus still dominates every single month of economic activity. The unemployment rate fell to 4.8% from 5.2% as more people found jobs and others left the labor force. The U.S. House is expected on Tuesday to pass a bill raising the debt limit and avoiding a default. Majority Leader Schumer's victorious floor speech may have come at a price. It not only angered Republicans, but it also angered a Democratic senator who is key to passing the president's agenda. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin looked on in frustration as Leader Schumer spoke on the Senate floor, later telling reporters it was inappropriate. On both sides, I'm just saying, it's just the civility is gone, okay, and I'm not going to be part of getting rid of it. I'm going to try to bring it back when I speak out, when I see someone do something I don't want. Democrats need Manchin in order to pass the president's multi-trillion dollar social spending bill. Deborah Alfaro, CBS News, Capitol Hill. It's 1232. 
loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are mixed. The Dow down 50, NASDAQ down 78, and the S&P, well, it's right up at the flat line. Actually, it's negative now, down 11 points. Let's see what's going on. Jim Awad is here, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC in New York. Jim, always good to get your insight. What do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Yeah, well, the jobs number uh, was actually better than expected uh, because the private sector added uh, over 300,000 jobs. The survey was completed before the recent decline in uh, uh, in infections, and some of the real-time data shows an uptick in business activity since then. And also, the survey was taken before the uh, just at about the time the extended benefits. Uh, uh, ceased, and so that means it held back participation. Participation should go up uh, next month, and of course, participation going up will add to the uh, uh, the jobs added. So the fact that Treasury yields increased today uh, means that investors are looking at this report as um, uh, stronger than the headline, and that the Fed is going to go ahead and um, uh, announce their taper in uh, in early November. In terms of the weakness of the markets, really within the last half hour. I think it's the continued frustration or question about energy prices worldwide, what that's going to do to inflation and uh, economic activity. Also, earnings season starts next week, and people probably don't want to be uh, too extended, either long or short, going into that very important earnings season. Uh, And uh, also, the debt limit extension is is a very temporary one, and that's going to be hanging over our head for um, until early December. So there are some uncertainties here, but I think as we power through third quarter earnings reports and fourth quarter outlook, Uh, that will be positive enough to allow stock prices to appreciate modestly between now and the end of the year. In an earlier segment, we were talking about wage growth and and what's being seen in these reports as far as that goes. Uh, That that creates an interesting problem because you have people who are working and making more money, and yet those employers have to pass that cost along to their customers, which just keeps that inflation going. Yeah, well, that's going to be the paradox and the enigma of uh, earnings, earnings reports when they come out, because revenues and demand are going to be good, but there are going to be margin pressures. Uh, if you look at the long run, though, if consumers have more money in their pocket due to higher wages, they're likely to go out and spend more, which creates demand and grows the economy. So uh, th- there will be some margin pressure uh, for, for many companies in this quarter, but I think ultimately the improved demand uh, outlook will uh, uh, allow companies to show increased profits despite that. So we have the uncertainty for sure. What should investors do in order to try to make money in a market like this while also not necessarily having everything out there if there's some sort of big downward turn? Yeah, well, the problem is that cash pays nothing, and five-year bonds still only pay about 1.4%. Uh, so equities remain the vehicle of, of, of choice. I think what you avoid, uh, you avoid low-quality companies, you avoid over-leveraged companies, you avoid companies without earnings, but you can really do a barbell. The technology stocks have gotten um, uh, hammered here on the fear of increased interest rates, but those technology stocks are the secular growers uh, for the next five years. So you can buy them on weakness, and you can buy profitable reopening companies that uh, are going to participate in the fact that it looks like the economy is going to reaccelerate uh, in the fourth quarter as we work our, th- our way through Delta and hospitalizations and infections go down. You say cash doesn't make anything. Help people to understand here, actually, with inflation, cash is actually losing money. Yeah, absolutely. If you leave your money at, uh, at, at the bank, they're going to pay you five or ten basis points. 
at a time when inflation is running uh, uh, five or ten basis points, you know, it's like uh, one tenth of one percent, one twentieth of one percent, and inflation is running well over three percent. So uh, you do you do uh, have to buy risk assets, but I would say uh, err on the side of quality risk assets because you know there are some clouds in the horizon. The the Fed is going to taper and then raise interest rates. We're going to have to work our way through that. It's going to be an ugly winter in terms of energy. Uh, and so it's, I don't think we're going into a period where the market goes up 15, 20% a year, a year like it has been. But I do think that a properly chosen portfolio will do, certainly do better than uh, uh, five-year bonds and, and, and cash. Thanks so much, Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC. Just ahead, Entrepreneur Friday, sharing a passion for Pilates with others. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the Noon Business Hour. This afternoon, we're working on mind-body wellness. We welcome Randy Whitman, owner and instructor at Frog Temple Pilates in Bucktown, the website frogtemple.com. Uh, Randy, help me and everyone else to understand here. Oh, okay, so you teach Pilates and, and you run a successful studio, but you've trained a lot of other people, thereby taking that knowledge and allowing it to reach many more people. That's right. I have. I've been... Um I've been at this location in the Bucktown area for about 22 years now. So I am pretty much one of the first people in Chicago to uh, own a studio. And over all these years, I have had teacher training programs uh, pretty much every other year. I've been training instructors and most have gone on to become, you know, successful Pilates instructors. And so what is that process like? I would imagine you're, you're obviously demonstrating what needs to happen, right, in order to do proper procedure. Uh, but th there's got to right. be a, a mentorship focus as well in order to help them on their way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, we have it's, it's a 600-hour program, so there's a lot of lecture. There's a lot of uh, study of anatomy, kinesiology, hands-on work. They're observing. They're practice teaching. They have, um, you know, they practice on clients. They practice on each other. And it really is kind of a, a complex, um, really, you know, detailed uh, program. So, yeah, we get a lot of wonderful instructors out of it, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. Talk to other entrepreneurs about, uh, about really uh, sort of moving into a neighborhood and becoming part of the neighborhood. You mentioned you've been in Bucktown for a long, long time. Uh, you, you don't right. do that with any sort of success unless you really help everyone understand <laughs> you're part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the bottom line here is that I have passion for what I do. And I have just, it's just so fulfilling to teach Students of all ages, all goals, all, you know, all different dreams and, and visions for their bodies, just teaching them um, just a way to live better in their bodies, how to move pain free, how to, you know, kind of achieve their next goal. I've worked with some professional athletes. It's made a huge difference for, you know, their sport, really just about any kind of person with any, you know, particular goal we will teach. And, and we've just had such success with it. And as an entrepreneur, you know, it's it's definitely been a long road. It's been a trying road, especially through this last, you know, year or two with, a, you know, with quarantine and COVID. That's, that's uh, really put a big halt to a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, things going on around here. But I think we are coming out ahead. And I, I really see a lot, a lot coming up for me. I have a uh, Pilates on Demand platform that I've been recording 
video and people are, you know, now that people are a little bit more at home, a lot more at home, teaching at home, teaching their kids at home, working from home, taking care of, you know, of their families, they can't quite get to the studio. So now I've given them this option of pulling from my on-demand library. So that's been really exciting for me. And just to just to kind of keep evolving and keep, um, you know, moving forward with my, you know, with, with what I love to do and what makes a difference uh, for individuals and, you know, in the world, honestly. Yeah, good entrepreneurs always looking for other opportunities. Thanks. Really good to get to know you a little bit. Randy Whitman, owner and instructor at Frog Temple Pilates in Bucktown. The website, frogtemple.com. Still to come, dressing properly for the new workplace. Casual clothing in the workplace seem like it's here to stay. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It appears casual is in as more workers return to the office. Let's talk about it with Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Uh, Jan, casual, it does seem to be in. The question is, are we ever going back to the suit and tie in a lot of offices? Oh, no, we're never going back to the suit and tie in a lot of offices, but casual is not as casual as it was, say, while you were staying home all the time and you weren't even cutting your hair or shaving your beard and you were only wearing your Lululemon or your Nike. But we are going back to a little more formal than that, which will be unconstructed sport coats. We'll see sweaters. But no, suit and ties, they're dead. So what should people then plan for as they're coming back to the office? They want to be more casual, but they can't be as casual as they were. How how do they figure out what that acceptable middle ground is? Well, they're going to wear Lululemon ABC pants instead of just the Lululemon joggers. And they're going to wear unconstructed sport coats and they're going to wear nice sweaters but they're not going to be too dressy you're not going to see ties you will see people in the button downs and the open collar shirts and no jackets so kind of like what we were getting to before covid it was already starting to happen and then covid blew it all up and now it'll be even more casual than it was in 2019 but nothing like what you saw with everybody staying home and only putting on a top to go on Zoom. Who knows what they were wearing on the bottom? You are going to have to put on shoes again, and you will need pants. And so we are seeing a big surge in the stores, by the way, buying casual clothes to go back to work. And they look a lot more like 2019 than they did this summer, but they are not going to be quite as structured. They're going to be softer, and they're going to be Um, brighter, actually. People are buying brighter colors than they were. So we are seeing some changes. How are retailers pivoting? Because it it seems like there's going to have to be different merchandise that people are going to be looking for. Well, that's kind of the issue. Merchandise is going to be um, short because, you know, they didn't order enough. They didn't really know what people were going to be wearing for sure. So they were having a hard time making the bet. So right now I tell everybody, if you see something you like, buy it. Don't wait. It will never go on sale and it will be gone because everything is going to be a bit short supply through holiday because the companies are looking at it and they were going, well, we have to make a bet here, but we don't want to get stuck with something people don't want. And so the ordering was not heavy for the stores. And so as people go back, they may have to pull that thing out of their closet that's two years old that they hate. And they will get rid of it and buy something new, but it may be a little tough to buy between now and holiday.
Thanks so much. Always good advice and insight from Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.